the murk and mystery of an LA night, a haunting melody pierces through the eerie silence. It's the sound of Molly Lewis, a professional whistler, weaving her magic in high fidelity. Lewis's debut EP, The Forgotten Edge, is an homage to her hometown's noirish past and the movie soundtracks it inspired. I'm Alexis Self, and on this special edition of the Monocle Weekly, Molly joined me on the line from LA to discuss her new record and its unusual lead instrument. I began by asking her how she became a whistler. It's been a very long and winding road that has led me to my current career as an international whistle sensation. This is not what I set out to do. I wasn't planning on this. I kind of was always interested in whistling. It was something I was good at. And I kind of through the years, I would get opportunities to whistle. And one thing always led to another. And I've always been kind of excited by it and interested in it and very happy that other people seem to be interested in it too. And so, yeah, it's been wonderful to be where I am currently making music, whistle-led music. I grew up in Mullumbimby. I spent my formative years in Los Angeles and then we moved to Mullumbimby, Australia, which was quite a shock. It's inland from Byron Bay. Lovely. So I read that there was a competition on television and you're watching with your father. (laughs) Yes. My parents showed me a documentary one night called Pucker Up. It's a really wonderful documentary. I highly recommend it if you can find it online or uh, somewhere. But it's about the international whistling competition that was held in Louisburg, North Carolina. And so, you know, I watched this documentary with my family and my dad told me if I ever got into this competition, he would take me there. And, you know, I always remembered this. And when I was kind of had finished university, I didn't really know what I was doing with my life. I kind of thought, you know what, I'm going to enter that competition and my dad will have to take me. And so I did enter. And little did my dad know, everyone who enters gets in when you pay the entry fee. So I got in uh, and we went to North Carolina and that was in 2012. And so that was the first time I'd ever whistled on stage and I'd ever kind of met other whistlers. So that was, yeah, that was a big moment. What's the whistling fraternity like? Are there any big names? (laughs) Oh, huge names, huge stars, huge personalities. You know, it's a bunch of freaks, myself included. Uh, I say that lovingly. You know, it's it's a weird niche community. They come from all over. There's whistlers from Japan, from India, from France. A whistle's accented. Do, do French whistlers <laughs> sound French, etc.? Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> that would be great. But no, unfortunately, it's kind of uniform whistle sounds. How did the record come about? So you did the competition in 2012, and then did you move to L.A. after that? Yes, I moved to L.A. in twenty end of 2013, and I have friends who knew about my sordid whistle past. A lot of my friends were artists or musicians, and they kind of were interested in this niche, this talent that I had. You know, I met with this label, Jag Jaguar, and that happened beginning of last year. Tell me they overheard you whistling in the street. (laughs) A a record exec that is pricked up. 
Um, let's go with that story because that's the better story. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. You were, you were painting a fence and whistling and. I was just walking along the streets of Sunset Boulevard whistling a tune and this exec pulled over in his Rolls Royce and was like, excuse me. And so The Forgotten Edge, it sounds like a pean to Los Angeles. You know, it's, it's haunting melodies evoke a kind of noirish glamour and mystery. Was that your intention? Is that the era that inspires you and does Los Angeles inspire your whistling? Oh. Oh, yes, big time. Yes, you know, the Forgotten Edge is the name of the what my neighborhood is known as. And I always just thought that name was so cinematic and noir. I love L.A. It does inspire me greatly. I think, you know, the city, it's so cinematic <laughs> inherently. You know, you kind of view this city through the prism of films that you've seen before. And yeah, there's something about driving in LA and listening to music, you know, you kind of feel like you're in your own film. The music I've always loved the most is soundtrack music. And so kind of creating these songs, I, I really wanted them to feel like they were each maybe soundtracks from some films that don't exist yet. And so yeah, which soundtracks did you used to listen to and, and be inspired by? Well, you know, um, I'm going to out myself as a, a dork, but when I was 12, the biggest soundtrack, the thing that kind of inspired me so greatly was the Lord of the Rings soundtrack by Howard Shore. And I, I, know, I you know, I, I wrote him two letters, like I've never written letters to anyone else, but I wrote two letters to Howard Shore unreturned. He didn't write back. Howard, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> but those soundtracks were, they kind of got me into classical music because they were extremely symphonic and orchestral. And, and I just, I loved the way that the scores, the music had characters. Like there were different themes for every character. And when the characters would meet together, there was a theme for that. And I kind of realized the power of soundtracks to, you know, convey places and people without the image. When I'm thinking about the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, I I can sort of remember, like I can remember the Shire, that kind of, uh -huh. it was quite a fluty sort of tune whenever they were in the Shire. Can oh you, yeah. What Can you remember it? Would you? Would you... Yes, I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I thought I could smell the pipe weed and I could almost hear Master Frodo. Oh, it's swirling for pipe weed over here. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Um, and, and okay, yeah. and so in terms of composition, you said you kind of imagined movie themes that haven't been composed yet. In terms of composition, is it a different process than with other instruments, or do you actually write down the tunes when you're composing them? Well, so I'm not a trained musician. I don't know how to read music. I don't know how to write music. You know, I grew up playing piano, but I always had a very good ear, so I could kind of work things out without having to learn the theory. Writing songs is new for me. My performances in LA over the last few years have been... I've been doing like a lounge show where we play jazz and exotica and covers of things. So I started working with this producer, Tom Brennick, 
really wonderful producer and multi-instrumentalist. And I'll often think of melodies and I'll kind of record them into my voice memo in the car or if I'm in different places or situations. But I didn't know how to form them into songs. You know, that seemed like a mystery to me and something that was I wasn't good enough to do. But yeah, this was a collaborative process. Uh, Tom really, I learned so much working with Tom. He wrote a lot of the songs with me or we, you know, we'd be in the studio with a bunch of the musicians who played on the record and we'd, I hate this word, but you know, we'd jam sometimes and create something like that. I also started playing guitar in quarantine. That was my activity. And so that kind of helped form some songs, but yeah, everything, it was all different, but yeah, a lot of it is voice memos. I can whistle anything if I've heard it. Over the years, there, you know, a whistler crops up and people get interested by it. But a whistler is born. A whistler is born out of a nest. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a shame because, you know, we've, we've seemed to have lost touch with our old ways of communication and, and interaction with nature. And actually, I was speaking to the sound engineer, Louis, before the interview, and he said that he couldn't whistle. So I was hoping that you might be able to give us a little whistling tutorial. Okay. So the, so are there, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, are there different forms of whistling? Because obviously there is the classic pouty. The pucker whistle. The pucker whistle. And yeah. then you've also got the, the thumb and the forefinger in the mouth. Can you do that? I can't do that. I'm in awe of anyone who can do that. Yeah. That's my yeah. mum can do that. And she can also oh, really? Yeah, she can also do this one where she like purses her lips and then like whistles kind of through her teeth. Oh, yeah. There are some different types. Um there's also palate whistling, which is like with the tongue on the roof of the mouth and it sounds a lot more like a wind instrument. It's interesting. Like a bamboo uh, instrument. I think yeah. my mum she, she used to be a bit of a football hooligan, so she used to do that at football matches or because to get the true it's not as nuanced is it the the fingers in the mouth but that's where you get the real sound from mm -hmm. i don't really know why i mean like yeah. really loud sound but not yeah, so totally. much melody so maybe we can get lou's actually going to come into the studio with me which is slightly <laughs> uh, terrifying prospect but <laughs> okay okay louis be good yeah um okay so what 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 do we do first molly when when you're t teaching someone how to whistle what would you tell okay. them okay well louis i hope you're hydrated and you have used some chapstick he d i don't um, think he's hydrated but oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm really really nervous <laughs> um yeah you better get this right yeah so i don't know how to teach whistling but i'm gonna try so i guess you you know put you put your lips together and you want to kind of also it's, you know, the terms, it's, it, okay, so make, you tr try to make as small a hole as possible with your lips. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> are you doing that? I, I can hear I you. I am, yeah, I'm doing it. Okay. Not right now, because okay. I'm speaking, but yeah, no, yeah. I, okay. yeah. Yeah, do it. Okay, so really small hole. And then you want to put your tongue kind of just on the... <laughs> So funny. Sorry, I keep giggling here. Just on the bottom of the hole. Um, so... I'm sorry. We can't put this on the radio. <laughs> the 
This is the most professional thing I've ever done. Um, okay, come on, come on. Okay. Okay. On the bottom. So, okay. Yeah. Tongue on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is your tongue on the bottom of the hole? Yeah. Okay. So purse your lips, and you want to um, conduct air through that hole, and use your tongue to kind of. You, you can use your tongue to make the hole smaller or larger. Is um, it really important that the tongue's at the bottom? Does that is that like a, a must? It has to be. Uh, I mean, you know, you could be a palate whistler for okay. all I know, but... Um, if that's the convention, you... <laughs> I'll go with that. Yeah, go with that. Yeah, you just kind of practice that form. And I remember when I was trying to learn how to whistle when I was a kid, and I, I just kind of kept making that this kind of mouth pose and kept trying. And one day a sound came out. But, oh. you know, it was just something I kept working at. Mm. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna give it a go. There you go. Go on, Louis. Yeah. Oh. oh. Hmm. Uh, hang on, hang on. Bottom he my... made a sound. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. There's something yeah. in that. I think there's something there in is. that. Yeah, it sounds like a sort of plastic bag being <laughs> blown about in a breeze. Oh, that's good. There you go. There you go. Oh, my God. I can't get any notes, but I'm getting whistle. But, well, you need to. You go know, home that's and, a good start. Practice, yeah. Yeah. How the hell do you get different notes on that though? Musical notes from that. You move your lips, I think, and tongue. Yeah. So I can't yeah. imagine how you get like because I'm only feel like I only have one tonal range. Yeah, it's. I guess it's moving the yeah lips and tongue kind of to create smaller or larger <laughs> holes. <laughs> um, wow, uh, that's amazing. I mean. You've from thousands of miles away. You've you've given a wow. boy the I'm... power of whistling. <laughs> oh my gosh! I can't. I've never. You know. Thank you. I'm. I'm so glad. That's you amazing. have a career, a great career ahead of you, thank Louis. Thank you so much. You, you yeah. be careful because you might see me on one of those a stage and we might be competing. Uh -oh. you know, like, <laughs> uh <-oh. laughs> I've created a monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, don't worry. He was already slightly <laughs> monstrous. Um, Molly, thank you so much. Uh, it's oh, been no, great. Thank it's, you. Been, it's been educational and edifying and everything. <laughs> um, and thank you for having me. Also, perhaps you could like do a little bit of one of the songs off the Forgotten Edge to sort of play us out, which I'll then sort of fade out at the end of the the interview. Um. Okay. Thank you to Molly Lewis for joining me on the Monocle Weekly. Her debut EP, The Forgotten Edge, is out now on streaming platforms and available to purchase from all good record stores. This programme was edited by Louis Allen and Jack Dewars. I'm Alexis Self. Thanks for listening. <laughs>